You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. This is Chesidah Shepsak, Chuvas Paiskim. It's Hanukkah, and we have the Schus Godel, the COVID Schus, to have with us Rav Nosson Notaglik from Ashkelon. Rav Nosson is a no stranger, of course, to this platform. Halachas for other people. But this is how I do Neiris Hanukkah, and I will tell you the story about how this happened, or how I came to um, get to these conclusions. So, once upon a time, I was an ordinary, you know, Jewish guy from a from a slightly Hasidish and slightly Yeshivish background. And I used to light my Neiris Hanukkah in the window. That's how I used to do it. And um, that was fine you know, most of, for most of my life, I guess, until I got to, I got, until I got to Eretz Yisrael, I used to do it like that. And when we moved to Eretz Yisrael, we found ourselves living in a fifth floor apartment. Now, no shortage of windows, plenty of windows. But here, I kind of ran into a question. Okay, a a ner Hanukkah lamala miyesrim amo is puzzle, right? And if I put my ner Hanukkah in the window, am I actually being mekayim any mitzvah if it's if it's above above twenty amos? Now, admittedly, it's not above twenty amos for me. It's in my living room, right? But it's way higher than twenty amos relative to the outside where there are, let's say, people walking around. And so is there any point at, in putting it in the window at all under those circumstances? I mean, even, even the Gemara that says that, uh, that a person who lives in an aliyah, which is like the second floor of a house, um, so he puts it in his window. It's, he puts it in a window that faces out to the Rishusarabim. What that's what the Gemara says. And presumably, well, at least one could argue that um, your basic house with the second floor back in the time of the Gemara, the Mishnah, was not a very tall structure. And um, therefore, the Ner Hanukkah in the window would not be higher up than 20 Amis. Masha Enkein, in my case, okay, probably have 40 Amis by, you know, for my Hanukkah relative to the um, relative to the ground, and so I went to I went to one of the rabbanim that I usually ask Shilas to, and oh yes, and I I also thought to myself, well perhaps you have a pirsume nisa for the other inhabitants of tall buildings, because I'm in a group I'm in a cluster of tall buildings, and if I put my neighbors in the window, then the people who live opposite me on the other side of the courtyard, we'll see those neighbors, and maybe there's a Pisume Nisa to them. So I said, so maybe I should put it in the window anyway, should I? So basically, you know, the, the Shaila started out, am I going to put my neighbors in the window, or am I going to put my neighbors anywhere I want, because there's no Indian of Pisume Nisa at all, and it's purely us and the kids and our household, Pisume Nisa. So I, I did get a very interesting answer. The, the Paisic was not a 100% sure about it, but he said that he knows of no um, text or reference that says that there is Pirsume Nisa to people living in other Rishuyas Hayochid. If you're living, if you're in your home, I, there's no Pirsume Nisa to you. There's only Pirsume Nisa to people who are outside in the Rishus Arabic. Okay, and I I quite understand this because I think a good raya would be that let's let's say that I was, you know, on the ground level, and I wanted to do this super super huge you know uh, Hanukkah type of thing more than twenty amas tall, okay, and so comes along the you know comes along the halacha police and tells me no 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 you can't do this you have to take it down because it's more than twenty amas high, it's against the halacha. And I say, against what halacha? Take a look. There's this guy over there. He's living on a second story. There's a guy over there. He's living on a second story. 
Okay. And these, and even though it's more than 20 amas for me, but it's not more than 20 amas for those people. So why shouldn't I still be Mekayim the Mitzvah's Hanukkah if, if there's, if, as long as there are aliyahs, as long as there are second floors for people to see the, the nearest, then, uh, you know, why wouldn't that be a key of the Mitzvah? So why would it necessarily be that, uh, that Ner Hanukkah Lamala Miesrim is, is, is possible? Okay, it doesn't have to be. It depends on, depends on what the buildings are like in the area. So I thought to myself, this is Taka good Raya, that you don't have an Indian of Prisuminisa for people living in other and therefore, the the operative um, result of of this little hakira would be that there is no point in putting it in the window. I can put it on my table. I can put it on a shelf. I can put it basically basically wherever I want. Okay, and and that was that was that for the for the time being. Uh, later on, I noticed in the in the in the Mishnah Brura in Paiskim that that nevertheless. There's still an inning of putting Ner Hanukkah next to the door, near the door, opposite the mezuzah. If only, if only to be Mekayim, the inning of Ner Hanukkah, um, Miyamin and mezuzah Mismoil, that I should still do that. So that got me thinking, okay, so if I'm going to do that, you know what? I can do like they do in Yerushalayim. I can go downstairs all the way, you know, down five flights of stairs to the entrance to the building and I can set up a Hanukkah and set up my menorah over there next to, next, to the, next to the doorway of the building and light. And that would, you know, I mean, that's what people do in Yerushalayim mostly. They, they you know, they light outside. You have all the, you know, you have all the menorahs out there in their glass, uh, in their glass boxes. And, um, but I'd never, I'd never done anything like that prior and that also got me thinking that maybe this was not such a good idea because I'm like, I'm five flights up. I mean, there's a lot of floors between, between my apartment and the, and the, and the, the landing or the, you know, the entrance way to the building. Right. So is there any relationship or any, is, is there, is there any association at all between the candles that I'm lighting and my house? Now Shema Taimar, lest you lest you say that indeed you have a machlekes Rashi and Taisvus over there. Whether if you if you have a if you have a courtyard in front of your house, okay. So should you be lighting at the entrance to your house, opening up to the courtyard, or should you be op- you know lighting at the entrance of the courtyard, opening up to the to the Rishus Arabim? Where basically I think we follow the opinion of Taisvus over here that the the natural place for for lighting neiros, if you have an option, is on the entrance to the courtyard, looking out to the Rishus Rabbim Mamish. So apparently, the closer you want to get to, the closer you get to the Rishus Rabbim, really, even though the truth of the matter is that even if you open up, a, even if you light your Hanukkiah over there at the entrance to your to your Chatzir, to the entrance of your courtyard, you're not really in Rishus Rabbim. Okay, because generally speaking, there would be a Mavui, there's a, there's a, um, like a, a walled, um, a walled alleyway of some sort, like a you know a, a walled, what, what a, a walled corridor, okay, with walls on three sides that leads out into the real public domain, which is even which is further out than that, okay. And those basically houses open up to a chazer, which was usually a um, um, an area that was owned by all of the people living in the houses. And then the Chatserot, different courtyards open up to that, uh, to that passageway. And the passageway opens up to the main thoroughfare, which is the, which is the public domain, really. So if you want to get real Rishus if you want to get a real public domain, okay, which is the Shuk, okay, right? That's the, you know, the, the Shuk, the marketplace, the real public domain. If you put your, you know, you put your... Um, there is Hanukkah, you know, on the uh, entrance of the courtyard, opening up to the public domain. It's not really in the public domain either. So, from that, I from that I kind of understood that the reason why you wouldn't do that, the reason why you wouldn't take your your Hanukkah all the way out to the you know to the entrance of the of the uh, passageway to the to the public domain really is because at that point you know the neighbors have no connection to your house at all so if you know so if you're in the chatzer and you're putting them out there you know facing the the, the passageway so 
So there you have at least some sort of relationship between your home and and the candles. Okay. If you put them all the way, 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 way out there, then there's no relationship between the between your home and the candles. And I, I thought to myself that therefore putting the candles out or putting the lamps out at the entrance to the building where there's 24 other families living off of this building and my own home is five flights up the stairs is not, um, you know, is, is not acceptable. So that brought me back to putting the neighbor's Hanukkah at my front door. Okay. And I was thinking to myself, okay, so, you know, should I do that? And I was, and, and basically what I do to this day is that I, you know, keep, I open up the front door to my apartment, which, which, uh, you know, opens up onto the, onto the hallway and, um, the landings for the, for the different floors. And I position my neighbor's Hanukkah. So they're like, you know, on the borderline, literally between my home and the, and the, and the outside. And, and that's where I, that's where I light them. I also, I'm quite careful to light them underneath the tent fachim because that's what it, that's what it says to do. Um, and I'm also quite careful to position the new, the new lamp, okay, in the tefach hasamuch lepetach mibachutz. In that, in that one hand breaths of space, which is outside the door, okay. And um, essentially, what happens over the over the nights of Hanukkah is that the, the the new lamp is always in that position, which is you know, which is very very close to the outside edge of the front doorway and then the the older candles tend therefore to move inward to the house you know to the apartment um as hanukkah proceeds and so somebody asked me said well but what kind of persume nisa are you doing if this is a hallway in the building like who's going to see who's going to see the neighbors and I said to him, look, you know, first of all, as far as the halacha that we actually follow, you know, I could put them on my dining room table and it would be, it would be a key of the mitzvah also. I'm doing this a little bit, let's say, mitzvah min amuvchar. But, you know, I could certainly conceive of the idea that every place that is outside of my own private domain is more rishut harabim than where I am. So something doesn't have to be, let's say, like an absolute Rishut Rabbim, because if you need an absolute Rishut Rabbim for Neris Hanukkah, then you'd have to be going out of the, you know, you'd have to be going out of your, out of your house into your Chatzer, from your Chatzer into the Mavoy, to the Mavoya, to the, out, to, out to the edge of the Mavoy, there we, in, in, in Rishut Rabbim Mamish, and that is never, that is never um, acceptable. So Rishut Rabbim Mamish is, is not, um, is not required, apparently, but an area that is connected to Rishut Rabbim in some way is sufficient but that still kind of begs the question okay who's going to see the lamps that are sitting next to my front door so tenach it's it's rishusarabim but like but like so what okay and um i began you know i began to think about this began to think about this and and try to you know try to figure out um What's going on? What is this? What is this concept of Rishusharabim? And why is Rishusharabim meaningful? I mean, you know, and and also the the sense in which is it really important for these neighbors Hanukkah to be seen by anybody, or is it important that they be in in Rishusharabim? Okay, and. And so, you know, to like to clarify that, I would you know just go back to the Gemara that that actually talks about the sheer, the timing of of uh, of Rishus Arabim over here. Rishus Arabim is relevant only ad shetichle regelmin hashuk until until there's no more feet, because Neiros is from the time the sun sets, or from the time that the sun has set, probably more accurate. Until the foot is gone from the marketplace, and um, you can skip Hama. How so? How much is that? How long is that? So Amar Rabba Bar Barchana Amar Rabbi Yochanan Ad Chalyo Raglayo Oraglo De Tarmudoi 
until the foot of the Tarmudian is gone. Okay, so what is a Tarmudian? A basic translation that I always was told was the peddler. There are these there are these peddlers that are hawking their wares, and they're always the last to leave because they're waiting around for the last straggling uh, customers, right? That might that might come out. Um, so that means that when these guys pack up and go home, that means that no one is going to the marketplace anymore, right? And Rashi has a has a, a bit of an arichus over here, which is also kind of interesting. I frankly, I mean, you know, Rashi had traditions, and if he had, didn't have a tradition of this being factual, then it, I, you know, he wouldn't have been able to make it up. Tamudai uh, is shem uma malakte etzim dakim. There's a certain there's a certain nation, like I don't know, maybe gypsies or something, that they they make a living by picking up small bits of wood. I mean, that's a heck of a job. You know, there's a whole whole culture that that perpetuates itself by wandering around and, and picking up little little pieces of wood. Umit akvin beshuk and they hang around the shuk until until um, the ordinary people have gone home. I just want, I just well, want my, to tell you know, yeah. that uh, if you take a look in the note here, you, you make a point that how can a nation have its whole identity as being, right? <laughs> but if you look in the Mukha Yosef, his gears in Rashi was not Uma, but as you can see, I'm putting it on the screen here. Uh-huh. Umnus. umnus. In, other, uh-huh. in other words, so if it's umnus, then your point is a little bit neutralized when you say the whole nation. In other words, shame umnus malakte eitzim dakim. In other words, you become, a, a tarmud is is a person is not the name of an umma. It's a job. It's a job description. It's not a. It's not a. Uh, it's not a. Right. Um, now, now, it could be the Nebuchadnezzar Yosef himself, you know, decided to subtly uh, change the the girsa that had come down. But uh, that that I think is a okay. nice. Yeah. Okay. yeah, I can, I can, I can. Uh, I have no problem with that. But anyway, the point the point is is that is that okay? So these these Tarmudai are hanging out in the marketplace with their little with their little scraps of wood, okay, until the the Let's say that ordinary people in the marketplace go home when well, it gets dark. Right. But it's actually it's actually the way I understand this, Nassim, again, is is that everybody in the shuk is going home, right? The problem right. is is that the Tarmudians are still there. Then the reason they're there is because when you go home you need to cook. And you need oil. Right. You you need light, and you need you, you need, need fuel you need to make a fire to cook. Right, right. right. And oh, and everyone's out. and every once in a while, every you once in a out. while, you have a housewife who said, "Whoops, we need some. Where, where, where's our little sticks? Where's our kids?" That's right. Which would be the proper word for That's this right. for that kind of thing. Right. So she either runs out or she kicks her husband out of the house. Go, to, you know, go to the shop quick before the Tarbudians pack up and go home. Right, because they always, they're like the, I see them more as like the bodegas, like the 7-Eleven that's down the road. They're yeah, able, like, 7-Eleven for sure. Right, so yeah. So the, the 7-Eleven is moving much later. Yeah, right. But, but, the kind point, of, but it's kind of a shtickle mina if you think about it. As long, you know, you know, as long as 7-Eleven is open in town, Okay. Right. So, so you might have, you might be a, a Pirsume Nisa, you know, there's, right, there's always, there's always some Jew that needs diapers at Seven Eleven. Right. In other words, when the, you're right. When you know. the Tarmud, when the Tarmud leaves, that means nobody's going to be out in that area, right? Because what purpose could they go there? The only, right. So even right. though normally you would say it's too late. Because everybody's home. No, people aren't home. The Tarmudoyim know the nature of people is, like you say, the housewife sends you out. We still don't have wood. And therefore, there's this little, whether it's a half hour or not, there's a certain amount of time when it's dark already. But these guys are out there. And, and meaning, and therefore, if they're an Uma or not, there's going to be other Jews out there that will see Right, you're you're near. Right, it's not it's not it's not like the the thought that the Pursuma uh, Nisa is to, is to the Tarduma uh, tar, uh, the tar, Tarmudai. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, they don't. They don't. They don't need pursuing Israel, and maybe they're not even Jewish. Because by the way, if 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 Tamudoy was a profession, then maybe you have Jewish Tamudoy. So what do you what you know? What do you have to have all the riffles for? Right. Which uh, it, which frankly I thought made uh, made the idea of Uma uh, probable, um, if not entirely necessary. But anyway, so that's so that's the idea. You have a group of people that are sitting out there in the shuk. They're selling little little bits of wood to other people who tried to make dinner at home and couldn't get their stoves lit. And somebody has to run out there and get those little bits of kindling and, and, and bring them home. And, and therefore, even though people would not have a tendency to go out of their homes at that hour, but they sometimes do, and, and, uh, and there's somewhere for them to go. So that means that you still have an Indian of Pursumenisa, okay? Now I I had two questions about this. Once you, you know, once you once you understand this, first of all, it really is a big chiddush from from Rabbi Yochanan, okay, that uh, that the tichle regalim and ashuk means until the until the the tarmudai go, right? Because ordinarily I would have thought that it's the ordinary shoppers that tichle regalim and ashuk. He's so he's really extending the time of tichle regalim and ashuk quite quite late because i mean you know somebody could somebody could uh, have problems cooking dinner at any you know at much later times than they would be going going shopping okay so he's really extending the time for for presume nisa quite extensively and it still begs the question if presume nisa is there so that somebody should see my candles what is the probability that the that the that the guy is being kicked out of the house to go buy kindling at, you know at a, at, a, at a relatively late hour what is the probability that this guy is actually going to pass by my house and see my menorah? I mean, look, it's at least Suffolk brachas lahakel. I shouldn't, I shouldn't make a bracha. I mean, maybe I'm a to put out a chana, you know, nearest Hanukkah because maybe, 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 maybe the guy down the block is going to have, is going to run out of kindling and needs to go buy some. But okay, but it's not a certainty by any by any means. Right. So if you wanted to, if you wanted to say that that there are ordinary people going shopping at this hour and coming back from shopping, okay. So then I have I have a reason why to why this should be a criteria for for Neiris Hanukkah. But that would just be regular tichle regular menashuk. This whole idea of tarmudai extends that time farther out into the darkness on the basis of a very small number of people who may actually run out of kindling and need to cook and need to cook dinner. It's, it's possible. So you understand that it, how this changes. Uh, cha- this changes the whole idea. Of, it's, po- of, right, it's possible that that co- could be called a, a bidyevid kiyum. Even Rabbi Yechonin might admit that it's a bigger hidur to light uh, when the real shuk activity is going on, right? And it could be what he's saying is that the, since the brisa uses the loshon included in that is even, and you have, you're able to be makayim the mitzvah, you couldn't say like that, but you, I, 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 would but have, I, I would have wanted an afilu there, right? You're correct, but still you see the Vyad Kama, Vyad Kama sounds like, Vyad Kama, like Ad Kama, how long does it go for? You say it like that, you know, right. it could be it could be kind of an afilu thing in there. Yes, that's what I'm um, saying. Yeah, but uh, what was the I was I was yeah. going to say something in the Rashi as well is that your presumption that all <laughs> that there's a a a, a bias chotzer and mavui rishus harabim slash shuk is not so clear, right? Because right, you know, because your point, like the bnei, if if they're out there. If you're right that there's a mavui separating the uh, chotzer and the rishus harabim, so the bnei, the the chaver that are still out there, the harried house husbands that are out there, at, you know, you know, making the deal with the tarmudoi, are they going to see what's going on in the chotzer that's pasuach to the mavui? I, so, so therefore, I, I'm not sure if mavui is, plays a role over here. Uh, especially as Ra- Tosfa says, as you know, the Tosfas that you quoted does say "somuch v'rishus harabim," as he says here. Right? Yeah, but what's the Matthias? Yeah, so y- y- you're correct that in Erevin, we're right. used to s- thinking about 
mavos. But not, I, I believe that not every area, as you can see, even from Taisus, Taisus says that if the, the, the Gemara says, Pesach Mibachutz, they're referring to Myri, if you see, I'm putting it on the board here, Myri Deleka Chotzer. There's no Chotzer, it's a bias, Samach or Trusarabim. But if there's a chotzer of neabayas, no mavui nosim. In other words, the mavui. Right. In other words, Tosus is saying the Gemara is referring to uh, a, a real crowded Hong Kong type of city or Manhattan, where bias you go straight into Rishon If there's a chotzer, then you got to put it al pesach chotzer, right? Yeah. Which means he's meaning that the Gemara, the Bryce is talking about Hong Kong. If you talk about Chavez, Guadalajara or Mexico City, that everybody there's chatzeros, then you have to say that the chotzer is. No, I should I should put it out. I should put it on the entrance of the mavoi. Right, but, there, but vice Tais is not assuming there's a mavoi. The same way he's assuming in the Gemara that's bias rishus harabim. He says if there's a chotzer, it's a chotzer that's somoch rishus harabim al pesach a chotzer. So I, 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 you have a good haara. Where's your mavoi? But to build from there that it's not really for B'nai Rosh Hashanah Mamish, it's only for B'nai HaMavli, I'm not sure if you have a proof. No, as a matter of fact, as, as a matter of fact, I didn't say that. The, the only thing that I tried to prove from that was that I didn't think that there was that much of a point in putting my neighbor's Hanukkah down on the bottom floor of the apartment building when I'm living five floors up. Because, because at, at this point, the connection between my private apartment and the and the location of the neighbor's Hanukkah is extremely tenuous. Yeah, if, I, if I'm putting it if I'm putting it outside my house directly, so Mela, if I'm putting it outside the chotzer that belongs to my house, okay, fine. But this seemed to be to me so disconnected from the house that, that there would no, be no point in, no, I, in no, doing I, it. And 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 and, there, and therefore, you know, therefore in this in this Gemara there's no need to mention Mavoyas because the Mavoy has this, would have the same thing as Rishus Rabim itself. For, for for the purposes of right. the sugya, it's also okay. it's, it's also mistaber. Again, when I learned this gemara, I'm sure Jonathan and we've all learned this gemara many times. My assumption was that this issue of Rashi and Tosis about the chutzur and the bias is that it's an unusual situation where there aren't many other batim in the chutzur. In other words, right, right as Rashi says. But that might be a chotzer that belongs to him alone. It's his chotzer. It's I think this is a diuk of, you know, we mentioned Chassidus. I think this is a yeah. diuk, I think this is a diuk of the Bnei Yisosher on this Gemara. That chotzeroi is his own chotzer. So what I'm saying is it's possible you're, you had a good question, Rav Nelson, which is how do I relate? Does everybody stand there and say, this is mine? Like, how do you relate the, if you're lighting outside, how is that related to the people who own the menorah or connected to the menorah? Right. How, where, where's the yachas between oh. them and people? Because ultimately, and again, I'm sorry for, for steamrolling here, but if it's near Ishu Beisai, right, and it's outside, there's got to be, as you're saying, a yachas to me. If it's if there's just this, you know, there's this chotzer, and outside of the chotzer is a bunch of chanukiot. How do you know whose is who, right? And how do you know who's connected yeah. to who? Well, the, the, the worst the worst thing about it is is that there are no chanukiot. We're not talking about our you know day and age when we have chanukiot, or I could go back 500 years there are chanukiot, or a thousand years there's chanukiot. We're talking about people who are taking their little little oil lamps and you know setting them setting them up somehow over there near the near the end. Let's say near the entrance to the chotzer, and you had no way of knowing. You know you got you got you had five people living in the chotzer. Each one of them decides to do near ishuve. So you said now you have so now you have five uh, five neighbors sitting over there. So you don't know if it's the fifth day of Hanukkah or or if it's or if it's uh, yeah. if it's five people in the chutzpah doing neri shuvesai or or maybe or maybe there's two houses with uh, with uh, three people living in one house and two people living in the other house yeah you know you have no idea what's going on there's no heck here or anything so the rashi's um rashi's some rashi's kasha and taisus kaviachal you know is that um is i think a, i think is a, a massively good question unless unless you say that that the whole I mean, it certainly doesn't work for for Keneged Yomim Ha Keneged Yomim Ha Yaitzim, you know, because you have no hecker of how many days it is because in 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 this kind of situation. But maybe, but you know, but maybe you don't need it. 
No, I think there's a. I think there's a. Um, I think there's there's a there's a beer a gross somewhere that says that this this plugs into the machloekis whether whether it's keneged pari hachag or keneged ayomim and echnasim v'hayoytzim. Okay, because if you if you say that you're lighting that the candles correspond to the to the days, so the minute you have three houses in the chatzer and 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 everybody's lighting their everybody's lighting their candles and everybody's lighting their candles in the same place because there's not that much place to do it with. Okay, so then how are you going to tell if it's if it's if it's the third day of Hanukkah in in three houses or some other, or some other mathematical configuration? You can't. But if on the other hand the the uh, the mahadrin mahadrin is is based upon the idea of pareachag. So pareachag don't correspond to anything necessarily. Okay, this is just it's just a number that keeps on getting smaller. Or you'd say malin bekoidish, then you want the number to keep on getting bigger. So, right. But it it doesn't matter whether whether it corresponds to anything. It's a matter of whether the numbers get bigger or smaller. And that that, that right. is the that's actually chidushe agro on Shabbos that they have. Right. That is the goings. Mm-hmm. That, that's why the going says there's an afkamina between. The two tamim. Why do you have to, you know, right. what what is this? Right, my my In other words, I don't need to know the exact number. I just see more fire here than there was yesterday, right? I so see, I know we're going up. So I see less fire, but in terms of right. the right, so you're right. That, so 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 according so according to that, Tesis could be right. Do it in the chotzer. But if you want to, if you want there for, for there to be heker yamim, then then Rashi has to be right. I'd say, I'd say one last yeah, little and, point here. Just one last little point. And this this is based on my learning of Erevin a number of times. And maybe you can disagree, Jonathan. You can also A number of times, Ashrech. Oh, no, no, okay. But, okay, but you know, my feeling okay. was, is the Mavui is, like, you, you gave the sense, like, it was like, uh, it was like the alley that you meet the mugger in. You know, it's not an alley that's, the Mavui is also a very labadika place. I think there were stores and other things. There was a lot. The, the Gemara talks in Baba Basra that a person set up his uh, his his bakery. His place is milling shop in the Mavui. The Bnei Mavoya, right? You, it's a famous yeah. Gemara. Famous Gemara about uh, about Hasagas And in Erevin as well, the Mavui has. The Gemara always says it's a very un. It, it's not. It's not like a chotzer that you have ishtamshus bitznius. People are being mishtamish there in a more maguladika way. I see it more like a mall uh, where there's a lot. Of, there are shops. There are other things. So again, based on that Gemara Baba Basra, based on the Gemara Erevin, the Movui is not as big as the Rishus Harabim and the Shuk. But the Movui, even if you're right that most of the houses had Mavoyas, technically that was good enough because we don't need a Din Rishus Harabim in Hilchas Shabbos in terms of that. It's 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 in terms yeah, of the I think people. That- I think I think that we I think that we agree on that point. Okay. Yeah, I did not I did not, by the way, mean to cast dispersions on the on the uh, you know concept of the mavoy. I'm simply pointing out that it has walls on three sides, and it's a passageway, and it opens out onto the Rishusarabi and the right, real Rishusarabi. But, 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 but it's, it's, it's 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 not yeah. a darkened place. Where oh people happen to be sneaking through and uh, or stay out of the mavli because you never know there's guy the mavli was a happening place and that's clear so therefore the mavli even if you're right which I don't know if you are but even if you're right that standard there was a mavli to me that's probably good enough as a bnei uh, quote unquote rishus arabim or rishuk anyway that's just my yeah I, I I agree I agree completely. You know, I, I, we don't have any. We don't have okay. any issue with that. Right. I mean, it's not. It's not literally the Rishus Arabim, but it's. But it's a Rishus Arabim relative to the Chotzer, you know. And uh, and it's, if, it's, you it's wanna, a... if you want, if you if you if you want to learn like Rashi, the you know the Chotzer is separate Rishus Arabim relative to the relative to the house, relative to the bias. Okay. So you know, and once again, I I was you know my my issue here had more to do with okay. So let's say I'm going to do this Hidur, which I. Should I do it or should I not? Maybe I don't need to do it at all. But whatever, I'm going to put my, you know, I'm going to put my neighbor's Hanukkah out at my front door, leading out to the hallway, where people occasionally may wander about um, in time, you know, in in time to see them. And is there any is there any Indian of 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 pursue Nisa with with this? The potential of being seen by quote unquote b'nei ashuk b'nei is the idea, not its actuality. Not its actual, not its actuality. Yeah, because, and um, I'll, and it, 
by the way, another another riot to this that we're really really concerned with the Mitzvahs of Rishus Rabim is Ner Hanukkah Mitzvah Lahanichai Pachos Mi Measer. You're supposed to keep your Hanukkah candles down below ten Tefachim. Now the only reason for that is so that the the nearest Hanukkah will be immersed in the Rishus Rabim, literally, as opposed to being let's say somewhat hovering above it, in, in, in you know maybe a, maybe a, a Mukham Patur or something. So so there's a real Indian of being down there in the space of the Rishus Arabim. And that would seem to have nothing to do with Pursu Menisa. Because I mean you can see you can see it just as well. You know, you can see it just as well if you're if you're uh, if it's uh, ten Tvachim off the ground or 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 seven Tvachim off the ground. My Nafkamina. Now there admittedly there is, I believe, in in the uh in the Mishnah Brewer that he brings a brings an explanation, you know, why below ten Tvachim is better for Pursu Menisa because it's more Mechiach that you haven't Put the light, lights there in order to in order to illuminate something, because people don't you know if people are gonna if people are gonna shine lights in order so that you'll have an easier time walking or you won't bump into things, okay? So you don't put them down close to the ground. You put them higher up because the higher up they go, the more the more they the more they uh, uh, the better they shine, you know. But nevertheless, I, I, you know, I think that I think that explanation is a little bit tenuous because, um, you know, who says? Uh, you know, if if somebody if somebody goes and puts puts a bunch of lamps in a place where people don't usually put lamps at all, like entrances to entrances to courtyards and stuff, I think it's pretty much a giveaway that you're talking about near Hanukkah. Um, and um, there might be something fishy here in that regard is the is like what happens nowadays or what happens after the after the uh, after the gezeira so they so Chacham kind of changed the meaning of Neiris Hanukkah and said okay put them in the house now putting them in the house specifically would have been probably a absolute no no based upon the based upon the earlier halacha hal, you know the earlier halacha the the idea is to get get the neighbors out there get them out in Rishus Arabim, as close as possible to Rishus Arabim, in, in in a position on the borderline between Rishus Yachid and Rishus Arabim, at the very you know at, at the at the very least, or actually that's not really the ideal place to ideal place to put it. So the minute you move Neiris Hanukkah into your house, you really create a whole different concept here that doesn't, that that doesn't doesn't exist or didn't exist prior to that. And the concept is is that there is such a thing as Pirsume Nisa to your own family. And if you really want to push it, like, you know, according, according to the sheet of the, or the, the opinion that holds it, if somebody comes home really, really late, uh, you know, and, and he can't wake up anybody in his family to witness his, uh, you know, candle lighting, so that he can even light with the bracha because there's a pursue nisa to yourself. Right, which is which is pretty, which is which is pretty strange. Yeah, the Mishnah where well, the Mishnah brings it. There's a famous piece he brings from the Chemed Moshe, and um, the, the rationale being that in, we have another halacha that if a person is in a city where there aren't any, uh, he's all by right, himself. So who's, so, so, who, so, <laughs> so who's he publicizing it to? Right, right. So yeah. I, the idea of publicizing for the non-Jews wasn't a principle at all. So therefore, the Chemed Moshe argues. That the Mogan of Ram says that there's got to be at least a couple of people up in your house. The Archashulchan, I think, uh, Jonathan, I think, says that one person can be up in your house. It doesn't, you don't have to have two people. The Mogan of Ram says that if people aren't up and you come home late and they haven't lit before, then you can't be Makayim the Mitzvah with a brocha. That's the Mogan of Ram. The Chemin Moshe, which the Mishnah Bura quotes, and he actually, I think, in the Baraloch, in the Sharetzin, I think he actually quotes his Loshan as well. He says, well, look, you see that if you're in a place that uh, that there aren't any Jews, you're allowed to light. You don't have to be soimach necessarily on your wife's lighting for you where she's living, where there are Jews. You can light there and even with a brocha. So it's a raya that you can light even when you come home late for yourself. But again, this right. is... This is this, uh, Nelson, do you think that you know we talk about chesidus kabbalah? Do you think there's a, a, a what what what? It's counterintuitive, obviously, in your lighting, and it's really not being seen. In other words, it turns out before the shasakana, if somebody was lighting, you know, uh, for the tarmudoyim, so to speak, at the tarmudoyim time, the chance of being seen were probably small, and yet right. that was really the ikar takana. Or as you were saying, it's Patoch Asaratvachim where people aren't really noticing it as much and it's probably less noticeable. It's this little lamp down at your feet. 
What do you think is the idea of the Hasidus or the Kabbalistic idea? Yes, what is, what is the idea? So yeah, it's, a, it's, a good, it's a good time to get around to that. Um, I just want, I wanted to add one Heora, okay? The, the, like the, the Nafkamina between Tichler Regal and Ashok, as, as it appears, without the Rabbi Yechanan's commentary, and Rabbi Yechanan's commentary about the Ragnar of Taram Budoy, Okay, it might make it might make a difference whether 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 the gra is right and and you you like uh, Neiris Hanukkah from sunset or whether or whether let's say the Beis Yosef is right and you're lighting from Seisuk Because because once you once you push you know the time of the end of Tichler Regal Menashuk forward into the darkness so to speak, so then you could actually make the argument that the time to start lighting. If it's a half an hour before that, the time to start lighting is Tzitzit Bechovim, Menachki, Yitzchama. Masha'en came the Pashtus of the Loshen, Tichla Regal Menachuk, if it refers to your ordinary shopper. Okay, so then, then you know, sunset would be a good time to light, and then by the time you get to Tzitzit Bechovim, you know, half hour, a half hour later, you've already, you've already uh, exhausted the possibilities of having, of having people see it. I um, but, I, I, it, you know... It, it could be, look, again, this is... You know, obviously, as you, as you know from the you know what shkia is, the complex sugya about how to figure out shkia, you, 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 yeah. you could say that that in other words, you want you're trying to explain why the Beis Yosef understands that it's really close to shkia shnia, and why the goyin understands that it's right when the sun goes down. Um, you know the, what we call mamish shkia, uh, and you're saying that maybe it's dependent on. Um, you know, yeah, what, what it depends on, that depends on whether well, it depends on whether you hold like Rabbeinu Tam is being that's what I'm saying. Gemara, that's, which is which is another thing. But, but I think even I, was, I think that it could be the kbeda of the guy might also be that he understood that is reason Magdimen that you're supposed to do it. You're right. Mitzvahs of Mishatishka Chamaad. He understood implied in there is to, is the best time to fulfill it. It's not that all of it is equal. In other words, it's 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 the going understood that shkia is the ikarazman, and you you can still be mekayimit up until that time. And I think like the Rambam's lotion is that if it's, the Rambam holds you can't light after that. The Rambam holds that you, right. the Rambam holds that you gain nothing. So it could be the going stam holds alzrizus. That would be the reason why to start and why they the, the Talmida hagra and Yerushalayim are very makpid to light there. Not necessarily because it's because you know, it's definitely a, a hidur and a zor is to do it exactly at the time, right? You could say that. Yeah, I would anyway. But I think I think there's you know what is the meaning of Neiris Hanukkah, and this is this is where one could one could say that we're talking in a in a Hasidic shot that you have to think of of Neiris Hanukkah in terms of what is what is the tikkun that it does, okay? And you you know as we spoke out previously after you know after the beginning of of uh, the time of bias Shani and after the arrival of the of the, the uh, greeks on the scene as to kind of quote uh, the opening passages to uh, lord of the rings you know um the world is changing there's, you know there's there's a different reality nature has become more natural the proper way to appreciate nature is by is by using objective reasoning to to uh to understand it and um you know nevuah would not therefore be an adequate way of of arriving at truth which would be a major uh, you know a major distinction and as you know as material creatures we always have to exist in a sense of estrangement from our ideals uh, so we, you can never you can never attain the ideals because a, a you know a creature a material being cannot ever be equal to the ideal reality. Masha'en Ken, you know, what the, what the Torah tries to teach you basically is, is that what, you know, Hashem adapts the Torah so that his ideals can become manifest in your, in your life. And therefore, it's not just you trying to grasp the ideal, which would be impossible, but it's also the ideal, HaKadosh Baruch Hu being mitzamtim, the ideal, so it can, so it can, become one one with you so you have to follow halacha and once you followed halacha so then you know so then you are keeping you're you're you are in harmony with the ideal and this is a, a bechina that we that i think is the core meaning of of the or you know or basically basically says that whatever um you know whatever process you're involved in it has in a sense already been fulfilled before you started 
and therefore, from the point of view of our Haganos, everything is everything is perfected already. And the reason and the reason the reason why you are going through the process of trying to attain the ideal that you're going for um, is so that you can reveal what is already here, as opposed to try to attain something which is not here. And therefore, the 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 hamshacha, the bringing down of of uh, of this of this or hagonos into this new reality, is the is the critical point of of Neiris Hanukkah. So, in order in order to to do this, the, you know, this, this, let's just say I, I, it's not it's not symbolic. I think it's more real than symbolic. First of all, what is Rishus Arabim? So Rishus Arabim is the is the domain where everything is up for grabs in a sense. You know, you have all these multiple points of view, and you can't necessarily you know, determine anything, you know, anything as being one true perspective because it's a Rishus Arabim, right? And, and uh, so therefore the Rishus Arabim is typified by having, by having people in it. Um, in addition, we're also talking about Rishus Arabim in the dark because it was, if it was a Rishus Arabim during the daytime, that would symbolize for us that the Or Hagonus is still, is still with us. But we need to, we need to use this idea of Rishus Arabim at night in order to mean the new reality of, of life under the, under the um, influence of, of uh, Greek science and philosophy. All right. And once you understand that, you realize that doing ner- doing Neris Hanukkah is the tikkun for that problem. It's it's creating the old reality in the new in the new reality, or it's or it's or it's reviving the old truth in the new framework that we that we find ourselves in. And this is an activity that we have to do. Right? So the fact that you have Tarmudai in the shuk. The shuk being like kind of like the marketplace where 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 people swap money or swap ideas or swap perspectives, where everything becomes kind of like uh, you know impossible to pin down, right? Um, so that's the shuk. As long as the shuk is active on some level, and as long as you have people going out of their houses, doesn't have to be your house, doesn't have to be anybody in your specific mov or your chutzpah, but it has to be somebody that's Jewish that's out there interacting in that shuk. So you can be mamshich this or Haganus from where it is hiding into the into the new reality. So you need basically for there to be a Jew that is involved in the marketplace, right? And then you can do the tikkun of 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 or neiris Hanukkah into that into that place. So the fact that you have people who are out and about at that time, pirsume nisa does not mean what we usually think of in terms of informing people who do not know about what happened. For first, for one thing, there's nobody that doesn't know. I mean, if it's, if they're if they're non-Jews, we don't care, and if they're Jews, they already know. So who are, you know? So so who are we informing anyway? But the the fact that they're hidden out there in this marketplace mentality is the thing that allows us to bring the Orhaga news out there, and and you know and make it appear in that in that new situation um let, let me just add something from the video yeah. on that um, sure because when he tried to explain why um it's only going to be that we're going to light outside again this idea of lighting inside and you are correct the rama based on earlier ashkenazi uh, approaches talks about pearson libne abayas pearson libne abayas um, which now needs to, I think, be understood f- from your perspective. And I'm going to suggest from the Bnei Yisoscher. Bnei Yisoscher says that be, in our time, the shuk and the, the, the whether, whether it's the kfira or other sorts of uh, suggestions that what we have is not perfect enough and what we have is incomplete and that God, there is a disconnect between the Rabbani Shalom and us in terms of what he wants and what we're able to achieve, that has actually entered into the doubts and into peop- into our homes. In other words, it's it's it, it, the it's already fil- it's already infiltrated, and therefore we can use our home as as, yes. as, a, as a place to do the same right. thing. That's right. Yeah, the yeah. real the real clincher, by the way, for me was was understanding the concept of pirsum. That pirsum um, doesn't mean informing somebody; it doesn't mean publicity; it means revelation. 
It means exposing. And, and there's, two, there's two possible etymologies that, so far as I've been able to find for the word piercing. One is milashon lefrois, which is to pull apart or to break, break apart. So you're, you know, you're pulling apart the curtains and, and, you know, and, and there it is, right? which is a very, very apt for the, for the concept of, of uh, Aragonus anyway. And if and I'm going to get a little bit Yavani over here, but it might very well be that the origin of the word pirsum is from a word in Greek that is parousia. And parousia is actually a kind of speaking, but it's a very special kind of speaking. It's a speech that happens when a person pays a price for telling the truth, which we say people can lie all the time. People can say whatever they want, but there are certain situations in which you pay such a cost for speaking the truth that everybody knows that it's true. And it's no longer, it's no longer just the Burim Ba'alma. It's no longer just words. It is truth being expressed. And, um, and uh, let's, let's say, well, I, I read this somewhere that uh, Michel Foucault, you know, the, the great, uh, uh, one of the, one of the major figures in postmodern thought, you know, so he made a, he made a big deal out of Parousia and his, in his mind, the, is the idea of not just, not just speaking and paying a price for it, but to speak truth to power. That was, that's uh, that's Michel Foucault's shot in, in, in Parousia. Um, and of course, you know, speaking truth to power is a highly, is, is a very popular uh, uh, expression these days, you know, so, it's, it's, uh, but it's, long, it's, story, long story short, as you know, as much as the word pursue nisa shows up in Shas all the time, does the Rambam use that or does he just say laharos ulagalis, right? The Rambam doesn't, does, does he say lafarsaim? I don't think so, right? I don't think so. You probably know, you probably remember better than I do. Well, um, so I think that might be a little bit of. Right, so pursue nisa means revealing the miracle. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean, uh, publicizing the miracle or informing people about the miracle. And the the revelation of the miracle is to the Rishus Harabim, which is a domain where you know which which embodies the the situation that we find ourselves in in this in the, the post philosophical and scientific uh, um, revo- revolutionary age. Okay, so that's why we that's why we the idea of the relativity of rishus arabim. In other words, if it's outside my front door, okay, it can be a rishus arabim. It's not an absolute rishus arabim, in the same sense that uh, let's say you know a chutzir is not. I mean, a mavui is not an absolute rishus arabim, but it's it's closer than a chutzir, and a chutzir can be a rishus arabim relative to a relative to a house. So if that's where if that's where my front door is, and that's where I can put the neighbors so that they seem to seem to have some relationship to my home. So that's where I put them. And I have a, I do so in good faith that I am being kind of the mitzvah with the greatest amount of hidur that I possibly can. And I'm very happy about how I do things. So that is my. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. So you don't miss a single episode. 